Welcome to Truly Creepy with Brittany and Sarah. Hello, hello. Hi. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Well, that answers my question. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Monday, but it's a weird Monday because we don't have school tomorrow. That is weird. Uh, it's election day, so. Oh, oh, does that mean my kids have fun? You know what? Nah, they'll have school tomorrow. <laughs> You're homeschooling. I think it's fine. Yeah, so this week is weird because, so we went to school today. We don't have school tomorrow for election day. And then we go to school Wednesday and Thursday, and then we're off on Friday for Veterans Day. It's really weird. It's a really weird week. And then next week we go all five days. And then the next week is Thanksgiving and we only have two days. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of our schedule too. I believe that we took off for, for Friday too. And then we have all the next week and then two days. And then in December, we only go to school for like 10 actual days. Out of the yeah, month. we have like, so I think technically there are 11 days. So we have two full weeks and then one day. We go to school on the Monday, the 19th, and then we're off for Christmas and I'm like, this is really dumb. But because we follow the county, that's yeah. what the county is doing. My director was like, yeah, next year, if they do that, we're not going to come. <laughs> yeah, that's actually our first day. The 19th is our first day. Yeah. So I like Christmas break. I didn't even plan anything that day. We'll probably watch like Polar Express or something. Yeah, I'm not makes- expecting to have like a bunch of my kids anyway. So make some little tickets they could turn in. You guys could get hot cocoa and watch. Polar yeah express, make it a pajama november day. and december are pretty much like wash months because yeah. we miss so many days yeah pretty much pretty much so well all right let's yeah. hear what you got today all right so this one i have only ever heard one podcast on it and it was a recent one so there isn't a lot of information which surprises me because you'd think this was a bigger deal than it seems to have ended up being but I found as much information as I could and so I'm gonna get into it uh so today's story is one that the press dubbed as the Missouri miracle and I think that it's the perfect name for this story with its somewhat happy ending the story of two boys and the years of abuse that they endured before being rescued but before that we have to go back 20 years to when this all started been really digging these uh, early 2000s stories. This is like my fourth one in the row, I think. <laughs> uh, so on October 6, 2002, like most kids in the early 2000s, 11-year-old Sean Hornbeck was riding his bike to a friend's house in the small town he lived in, Richwoods, Missouri, which is outside of St. Louis. Okay. This was a... This was a route that Sean took often and never had any problems. His parents had no problem with him going back and forth on his bike. You know, we grew up in this time period. Let's see, in 2002, he was 11. So we would have been a little older. Yeah. Um, or about the same age. Yeah, I was like a year older. You were probably 11, around. 12. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I walked to friends' houses. I rode my bike places. Like, it was just, that's what we did. Yeah. It was a simpler time. His my mom could trust me him. outside and I could just play yeah. and it wasn't they that put big us outside. Of a deal. There was no ring doorbell to keep track of your kids. 
you know, it was just, that's, that's what we did. We lived outside. Our parents knew where we were. So his parents had no problem with him doing this. And he'd never had an issue. He would ride his bike to his friend's house. He'd come home when he was supposed to. But unlike the other days that he did this, today, while Sean was riding, he was bumped by a white pickup truck driven by Mike Devlin. So the truck hit his car intentionally. And Devlin, who appeared concerned, rushed to Sean, but the concern was not what Devlin had in mind. He had more sinister ideas. And instead of being concerned and checking to see how Sean was, he kidnapped Sean right there in broad daylight and simply told him that he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh my God. Yeah. After Sean's disappearance, his mom and stepdad, Pam and Craig Akers, spent all their time and money trying to find him. They made several appearances on different media outlets to bring awareness to their ever extended search. They appeared on an episode of the Montel Williams show where a proclaimed medium named Sylvia Brown told them that Sean was dead. Thankfully, this was false, but of course, they didn't know that at the time. I will insert here that I think people have, there are people in the world who have these abilities. Yes. And they do have clairvoyance, medium, whatever you want to call them. I do believe that there are people that have those abilities, but it's people like Sylvia Brown who take advantage of the desperate people like Sean's parents and give them false information. Either they're giving them false hope, or in this case, they're giving, you know, they were given this really bad news that ended up being false. And luckily they like didn't stop searching for him. Yeah. But I mean, that had to have been heartbreaking. I can't even imagine, but it's, it's people like this that give the people who have real abilities a really bad look. And that's why I think a lot of people scoff mm-hmm. at psychics and mediums and people like that, because there are people out there who prey on those who are, you know, vulnerable. Yeah. I really want to cover and, um, later the Houdini when he like went on oh, a yeah. spree of like calling out all the mediums and stuff that like were fake. I didn't even realize how intense his like, I knew he didn't like that stuff, but I didn't realize how intense it was until, and that's why we drink did the whole like segment on him. Yeah. Yeah. He's and got so, a vendetta when it comes to that stuff. Like he's just yeah that, that's that's something but i i totally agree with you like there are definitely people who have this ability but they look less and less credible the more and more like bullshit people are exactly around. exactly so sean's parents were hurt by the announcement that he was dead but it fueled their search even more which i'm really glad that they didn't just like stop looking for him since they were told that he was dead already because he wasn't he was alive and well uh but their continued search for him led them to create the sean hornbeck foundation which was a foundation to help aid families in finding their missing and abducted children Mm. i just have to say that i love when people take their misfortune and turn it into something good absolutely to help other people that are you know in the same or similar situations and we just need more people like that in the world 100%. And I just, I love when my stories are like, yeah, this really bad thing happened to us, but we did this and now we're helping other people. Like, I love that aspect of a lot of the stories that I get to tell. 
So contrary to the proclamation of Sylvia Brown, Sean was still very much alive. Mike Devlin had taken Sean to an apartment in Kirkwood, which was about 50 miles away from Richwoods, where he was abducted. And he proceeded to hold him captive there for the next four years. During this time, Sean was both physically and sexually abused by Devlin and threatened that if he tried to escape or call for help, Devlin would kill his family. So he basically brainwashed him into believing that as long as he complied, his family would be safe, which I can't even imagine having that kind of pressure put on me, especially at such a young age. And especially because that's like a huge milestone era. It's a huge burden. Like, that's such a big burden to put on a kid at such, like, a pivotal age. Pivotal. Yeah, that's because if if he was in for four years, that's 11 to 15. Like, so much happens between when you're 11 and you're 15. Exactly. And just having stuff like that going on and just your emotions and your hormones and everything on top of, like basically like in your mind and what's going on like you're in control of your family's like well-being I could not even imagine yeah or like the perceived responsibility of their safety yeah yeah, exactly yeah so once uh Devlin had you know brainwashed Sean into believing that he would harm his family and he was sure that Sean wasn't going to try and escape or get help he allowed him to make friends he got a cell phone. He was allowed to go on a date, like on dates. He had a girlfriend. Uh, no one in Kirkwood suspected that Sean was the missing boy from Rich- Richwoods, which, like I said, was 50 miles away. And he would go by the name Sean Devlin. So he still used his actual first name, but he would use the last name Devlin, like his captor. Ugh. And That's so sick in itself, too. Yeah, it's so twisted and a lot of people believed that mike and sean were (laughs) (laughs) mike and sean were either father and son or that they were family friends and so that's just kind of the story they told everyone i believe he that mike would refer to sean as his godson Mm. and so people just assumed that he was taking care of sean and With the foundation that Sean's parents had created, they had set up a website to receive tips and post updates. And Sean actually commented on this website using the name Sean Devlin. And he wrote, how long are you planning to look for your son? Oh. And he's like right there. And he like put it out there and no one connected the dots. And it's like a good sign as you could give someone. I mean, I'm sure it was really nice for him to know that they were still looking for him yeah like that had to be a nice feeling um, i mean i'm sure but that, it like, is i'm sure like but... even like making friends and stuff like that like it would really suck because you want to be like hey like this isn't actually like you know this isn't my family like my real family's looking for me like i got kidnapped yeah can you help me because well, as much as you want to do that had any idea yeah and as much as you like want to do that and try to save yourself and get away, then it's like at the same time, well, I don't want to say anything because what if he finds out and then like, you know, yeah. what if they ask him if this is true and then my family gets hurt? So it's just like, it's such a crappy situation because no matter what you do, you you perceive that your family is going to be in some big trouble because of it. Exactly. And he didn't go to school and I'm not really sure how they 
got around that part because people knew that Sean was there. So I'm not sure how, like, I don't know if they claimed he was, like, being homeschooled or whatever. Like, I don't know what he told his friends. Yeah. Um, But he didn't go to school, so. Maybe he said to go home in a private school. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and as the time passed and Sean began to age, he soon became too old for Devlin. And this led Devlin to go out looking for a new victim. Ugh. So. On January 8th, 2007, Devlin abducted a 13-year-old boy named Ben Ombi at a bus stop in Beaufort, Missouri. However, this kidnapping didn't go as smoothly as when he abducted Sean. One of Ben's friends named Mitchell Holtz heard Ben's cries and saw the truck speeding away from the bus stop. And Mitchell actually reported the truck to police and gave a description of it and Thanks to Mitchell's quick thinking, the FBI was able to find the truck, and they soon linked it to Mike Devlin. Oh, shit. And so this is where the amazing true crime investigator, Michelle McNamara, I'm not sure if you know who she is, um, but she began looking into the abduction of both Sean and Ben. And at the time of Ben's abduction, the investigation into Sean's disappearance had gone cold, but it had gone cold. There was very little information other than the truck that he was abducted, uh, Ben was abducted in. And McNamara, she also led the investigation into the Golden State Killer. It was a really big part of that case mm. being solved. Okay. Uh, she wrote a, she actually wrote a book on the Golden State Killer. And it was published after she passed away, unfortunately. So she never got to see the killer be apprehended. But she played a really big part in that investigation. But she was the first one to make a connection between the two boys. So law enforcement hadn't yet made a connection between Ben and Sean's abductions. And she linked them together, was able to narrow down an area the boys could be being held in using a map, an online map, which is pretty advanced for 2000, early 2000s. Yeah. You know, yeah, like 2007. Is when I mean, Ben was taken. So that's pretty advanced. I mean, I was using a TomTom Tom GPS at that point, like 2008. <laughs> like, <laughs> GPS exactly. wasn't even like a thing on your phone. Like, exactly. I had like a spiffy $30 TomTom to get me around. Yeah. And so she had a theory that Devlin was actually drawn to the boys because they looked much younger than they actually were. And they did eventually find out that this was true later on after Devlin was apprehended. Uh, he did say that he thought that they were both younger and that that's what drew him to them. And she was really close to solving the case on her own. But the day before she was going to bring it to the investigators um, with her conclusions, the investigators actually cracked the case themselves. Oh. So she uh, never got to like bring what she had to the table. And like I said before, the FBI was able to link the truck that Mitchell had been seen driving and they got a tip called into them that a truck matching the description was seen parked at a pizza place in Kirkwood. The truck was discovered to belong to store manager Michael Devlin. And after questioning Devlin, he mentioned several times that he needed to get back to his godson, Sean. Eventually, investigators were able to get a confession out of Devlin that he had, in fact, abducted Ben and was keeping him at his apartment. On January 12th, 2007, 
investigators went to search the apartment in Kirkwood that belonged to Devlin, and they were searching for Ben, who'd been missing for four days at this point. And when they entered the apartment, they spotted a teenage boy sitting quietly on the sofa. And they quickly realized that the Sean that Devlin had been referring to as his godson was, in fact, Sean Hornbeck. And he was sitting right there on the couch in front of them. Oh, my God. So I think at this point, they still hadn't linked the two cases together. Until they, they saw no him, idea. they're like, oh, yeah, shit. They had no idea until they walked into that apartment and saw him sitting there on the couch. Wow. So both Sean and Ben were found safe inside the apartment. Well, relatively safe yeah. and alive. Um, both boys were reunited with their families. And Mike Devlin gave a full confession. He was arrested and charged with 80 counts of sexual assault, kidnapping, and attempted murder. Told investigations that he was a, quote, bad person. <laughs> he pled guilty on all counts and was sentenced to 72 life terms. For a total of more than 4,000 years, and he deserves every single one of them for what he put these boys through. Oh, my God. Uh, Devlin was attacked by another inmate with an ice pick, and he was moved into protective custody, and this is where he will live out his many life sentences. See, I don't know why, but part of that angers me. Like, I understand, like, you know, oh, like, per protective services for some things but like what he did to children like a, a popular a normal like general population isn't going to be happy with that you know and yeah. he's well, going to put all these crimes against children are very frowned upon in prison and mm-hmm. child rapists child murderers are they go in they have a target on their back other yeah. criminals do not like when you do things two children yeah and they will let it known oh yeah there there have been quite a few that have been murdered just by like general population because it's just absolutely that's a big no like you who yeah you don't mess with kids and they will let you know how they feel about that oh absolutely absolutely so the wonderful Michelle McNamara passed away at the age of 46 while working on the Golden State Killer case. Unfortunately, she died shortly before the killer was apprehended, but her work made a lot of difference in that cold case as well as this case. From a cold case to the miracle, the Missouri miracle, by the determination, quick thinking, and eye for detail from McNamara, Mitchell Holtz, and investigators Sean Hornbeck and Ben Ombi have found a sense of relative normalcy living with their families and moving on with their lives. I would never let my children out of my sight again. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Unfortunately, the Sean Hornbeck Foundation was closed due to lack of funding in 2013, but those involved in the foundation helped to create the Missouri Valley Search and Rescue Team to continue the work that the foundation was doing. I definitely say that this case was a miracle, and this gives hope that other cases that have gone cold can still be solved. And even some of those missing persons can be found alive and well. Absolutely. It was short. It was sort of sweet, but that is a miracle. Yeah. It did. Really a miracle. Um, Seriously a miracle. And it seems that they both, that Sean is getting the help that he needs. And I believe they're both married now. Cause this was like 20 years ago. he He was abducted 20 years ago. He was abducted 20 years ago and he was 11. So he'd be like, what, 31? So, I mean, again, he's around our age. Yeah. So he would be like 31, yeah. 32. 
so they seem to both have moved on with their lives and are seemingly doing well and hopefully they got the help that they needed and are thriving adults doing good things for the world yeah dang that's that's i i'm surprised i mean there's not a lot of information on this case so i'm not all that surprised but i am kind of surprised that this i've only heard this story one other time yeah i've never heard it before either but i mean i feel like ones that have good outcomes are just as important to talk about as ones that don't because we can use tips and clues from the ones that did have a happy ending to help make some of these other cold cases potentially solved or closer to exactly yeah and so i hope that you know i can share more cases like this in the future and you know i like a somewhat happy ending yes so most of my cases are very disturbing so i'm glad that i can find a couple that (laughs) are not quite as bad so that is the story of the missouri miracle that was a good one. That was a really good one. Thank you for that. Are you going to let us know what you're doing on your next episode? Or are you going to hold us? I'm actually not going to tell anyone this week. And I'm going to leave it a mystery. I like it. Oh, yeah. I like when it's a mystery. <laughs> I also have a, have something to show you, though. Okay, so we're getting ready to film our next 19 Wines Crime episode. And I brought something fun to do while we drink our wine. So I haven't used them before, but we shall, and we shall see how it works. For those of you who can't see, she has dowsing rods. Yes, I just got them, and I'm super, super excited. We're going to try them out. She has dowsing rods, and we're going to use them, but she hasn't saged her house yet. I saged some of it. Your house isn't that big. What do you mean you haven't saged all of it? Well, the kids were sleeping when I had the sage out, so that kind of... You gotta sage the kids, okay? Like, sage extra. I just need to sage them. Maybe not necessarily the room, but just them in general. Especially (laughs) especially your preteen boy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely that one. For sure. So, that's getting ready to happen. I'm excited about that. And for everyone who wants the ability to see that, which also we just got a new VIP patron. So yes, thank you, you very much. You beat me to it. I'm just going <laughs> to give him a shout out. Okay, thank you right. so much, Kyle, for your <laughs> VIP patronage. Is that the yes. right word Patron Donor. Donor patronage. They're patrons. They're pa- the, the pa- their patrons. He's going to laugh at this either time. way. So... <laughs> Well, yes, hello. Thank you. Thank you so much. So if you want to be like Kyle and be able to get access to these 19 uh, crimes wine episodes that we do, you can head on over to the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash truly creepy sign up to be VIP. You'll be the only ones that get access to those those exclusive episodes that we do. You can also just become just a regular patron and still get our episodes early and get some behind the scenes, little tidbits. Each tier has their own benefits. Thank you to everyone who is a donator. Donator. We'll go with it. Patron. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. Morbid, they called him Patronuses. Oh, kind of like that. Well, they come up with a nickname. They kept mispronouncing patron as Patron. 
And so they just <laughs> they just went with they it. Stuck with it. We'll have to come up because we can change and make our own names. We'll have to come up with something fancy. We'll have to come up with something to do. If anyone has any ideas on a cool name that we can give our patrons, you can email us. And that is trulycreepypodcast at gmail.com. Or you can send them to us on Twitter, which is at truly underscore creepy or on Instagram at truly creepy. If you don't have Instagram or Twitter, you can also find us on Facebook, which is just truly creepy podcast with Brittany and Sarah. We love to hear from you guys. We love to be able to tell your stories. And, oh, that was another thing that I wanted to say before it's all done. So it's Cal, not Call, but it's K-H. And this is from our last episode, my last episode. I did Pendle Hill, and it was from the founder of the Space Ape Society. And he was the one that jumped on our Twitter space and gave me the idea. And I thought it was Call because K-H-A-L. I think the H just kind of threw me off. I don't know, but it's, I went back and listened to our Twitter space and Tizzle pronounced it call Cal, not call. So I just wanted to put that in there that if I am saying it wrong, if I was and Tizzle's right, I am sorry that I mispronounced your name. So anyone who listens to this knows we're bad at words. Yes. Especially <laughs> me, especially me. So I tried to sound it out and I gave it, I gave it a long A instead of a short A, and I apologize. <laughs> so I want to throw that in there. But yes, thank so you. So sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> thank you to our <laughs> new patron. Thank you to all of our new listeners. Thank you to anyone who shares us, who rates us. You can do that on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We greatly appreciate all that. And we just love you all. Thank you so much for supporting us. Yes, thank you so much. And keep it truly creepy. Bye.